Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 902. We're opening our show in a different manner today. Hope you'll indulge us so that we can provide an update on our Make Your Own Swag contest. The grand prize for which is a Vortex HD Viper Spotting Scope. A fabulous birding scope with a retail value of more than $1,000. How to enter the contest? Just request a Talkin' Birds iron-on patch. Quite beautiful, by the way, and we'll send you one, or more than one if you like. Then you attach the patch to a hat or a jacket or maybe a backpack and take a picture of yourself or a friend with the patch attached. You can take the photo out in the field or even from indoors looking out. Extra points for creativity. Send the picture to us and we'll choose a favorite and award a beautiful prize every week through the end of October. And then we'll do a random drawing from among all entries received and award the grand prize of that Vortex scope. By the way, if you already have a patch from a previous contest, maybe you can enter that. Just send us a new photo. The email address for requesting a patch is ray at talkingbirds.com. That's ray at talkingbirds.com. And we have our first winner in our Make Your Own Swag contest. That would be Vincent Propolinus from East Windsor, New Jersey. Let's hear it for Vincent. Yeah. Vincent not only put a Talking Birds patch on his hat, but supplemented that with his own customized T-shirt emblazoned with the info about the Talking Birds show in full color. Wow. Vincent has won a beautiful bird-themed book collection. And uh, those include um, How Birds Evolved by Douglas Futuima, Bird Talk and Exploration of Avian Communication by Barbara Ballantyne, the newest from Steve Kress, The Puffin Plan, and a copy of a sweet little book about a dad and a wren by our friend Mark Duffield, entitled, As I Recall, Wings of Remembrance. Well, Vincent is eligible as are all make-your-own-swag contest entrance in the drawing for the grand prize, that Vortex HD Viper Spotting Scope. It's a highly rated scope that features extra-low dispersion glass, fully multi-coated anti-reflective coatings, and multi-layered dialectic prism coatings for advanced resolution and even enhanced resolution and color fidelity. Upcoming weekly prizes include a VIP membership to Bird Watching Magazine, a giant supply of delicious friend, uh, bird-friendly birds and beans coffee, a $100 Beauty of Books gift certificate, and a $50 certificate for plastic-free office and school ascensions, essentials from Wisdom Supply. We'll announce another winner next week. And once again, to enter the contest, just request a patch by sending an email to ray at talkingbirds.com. We'll send you a patch with full instructions, so request yours today. And good luck, ray at talkingbirds.com. 
We talked last week about the marvelous bird tracking platform called BirdCast from Cornell Lab and Partners. And this morning, I want to highlight another new incredible tool for tracking and learning about bird migration. It's National Audubon's Bird Migration Explorer, which visualizes the incredible journeys of migratory birds, how they connect us across the hemisphere, and of course, the challenges they face. And we have more about it and a link to all the details right now on our website. That's TalkingBirds.com. And I'm pretty sure that's our mystery bird for a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along a bit later on in the show. Uh, let's see. Our bird is a neotropical migrant songbird about 9 or 10 inches long with a blue-gray head, dark eyes, and white spectacles, along with an olive green back and wings with two white wing bars, yellow flanks, and white underparts. Our bird, which breeds across much of Canada and down into the Allegheny and Appalachian Mountains and winters in the southeastern and Gulf states and points south, feeds mostly on insects, which it gleans from tree branches, sometimes hovering to pluck insects from leaves. Clothes there and the sound and beautiful prizes include a $15 certificate for Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of bird books in the world. Plus a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown, certified, organic, fair trade, birds and beans coffee. And we'll have a special extra prize, too. We'll describe that in just a bit. And then there's our bonus prize. This is complicated. That will happen if we get uh, time to do our bonus uh, question this morning. So that's, uh, that's how that thing goes. And then there's this. A salute to some more Talking Birds ambassadors helping us get the word out about birds and conservation. And thank you to Deborah Diana from Lancaster, Pennsylvania. She's also an amazingly talented professional artist, by the way. We've been looking at her website. Wow. DeborahDiana.com is that website. DeborahDiana.com. Thank you, Deborah. And thanks to Ellie Bonnell from Homestead, Florida. She says she's worked in two of the South Florida national parks. And loves it when she gets uh, a chance to spend time watching birds. And she listens to the show on a regular basis and loves the challenge of trying to identify the mystery bird. Hope you will, Ellie, and hope you will maybe call in for that. Talking Birds listeners, we hope you'll join Ellie and Deborah and our many, many Talking Birds ambassadors and our ambassadors' family. It's really easy to do. Just go to TalkingBirds.com and click on uh, the the tab there at the top that says get involved that's it still to come today we'll get an idea of what it's like to be a bird guide along with some advice on how to get the most on going on a guided bird trip when we talk with international nature tour leader chris early also today mike o'connor will join us for let's ask mike live segment about a behavior of birds that leaves uh, some misunderstanding up next our featured feathered friend is a one-of-a-kind endangered bird from down under. It's presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, Birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. For today's featured feathered friend segment, we're ranging far from home to New South Wales, Australia, to meet the Goldilocks bird, whose official common name is the Plains Wanderer. Although it's not closely related to quails, 
In fact, it's the only member of the family Petionomidae. The adult male, about seven inches in length, is light brown above, and its fawn white underparts show black crescents. The adult female, which is substantially larger than the male, has a distinctive white spotted black collar. Plains wanderers have excellent camouflage and will tend to hide at any disturbance. If approached too closely, they'll usually run away rather than fly. For nesting, females lay four eggs, which are then incubated by the male, while the female often goes off to find another male. The reason for that Goldilocks nickname? It's because the plains wanderer likes its native grassland habitat to be not too dense and not too sparse, but just right. Maybe that habitat fussiness has added to the other threats, like predation by foxes and feral cats and grassland habitat loss that have caused the bird to be listed as critically endangered. The good news is that the Plains Wanderer is getting some help through a new program in which researchers attached tiny solar-powered satellite backpacks to 15 of the birds in Ulumbayan National Park. These backpacks can collect data for up to two years via satellite tracking, providing information for conservation efforts to aid future wild populations. It's today's featured feathered friend, Petionomus turquatus, the Plains Wanderer, or the Goldilocks Bird. Welcome again to our show, number 902. That website we'd like to point to is TalkinBirds.com, and still no G in Talkin'. Chris Early is the University of Guelph Arboretum's interpretive biologist and education coordinator, Guelph, Ontario, Canada. He also teaches a variety of bird insect and art workshops at the Arboretum and presents lectures and labs for undergrad and graduate classes. Since 1999, he's been leading nature excursions all over the world for Quest Nature Tours. And he joins us now from Guelph, Ontario to talk about his work as a tour guide and to tell us a bit about his next trip. Good morning, Chris. Morning, Ray. How are you? Doing well, thank you. Great to have you have you on with us tonight. I want to ask you about being a tour guide. It sounds very exciting and yeah. uh, kind of glamorous, I think, but I, I know there are myriad details to wrangle as a tour guide. What, what are the hardest parts of being a, a guide, Chris, and what, what have you learned about leading tours after more than 20 years now? Yeah, well, I mean, it is, it is great being a guide because I love sharing nature with everyone, so that's, that's definitely a plus. Uh, it, there are definitely challenges with uh, guiding, you know, a group of people. Um, most of them are not, I mean, most of the people that sign up for our tours are pretty easy to get along with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but sometimes it can be challenging because, for example, some, someone on the tour might be really into seeing all the birds and other people may be more relaxed. And so then I just have to sort of balance, you know, if we're looking at a lion and a little brown pippet goes by, then maybe sort of, you know, looking to the birders in the group and saying, everyone, look at the pippet, and not necessarily getting everyone to stop looking at the lion. So, yeah, so, but that type of thing is, it's it's just part part of part of being a good tour guide is making sure that you're, you're adapting to every individual 
in the group. Mm-hmm. A little psychology involved, uh, certainly, yeah. right? Exactly. So I'm guessing that many of the folks who joined on tours were doing that for the first time. You can tell me if that's not so, but if, if so, what, what advice do you give to first-time nature tour participants? Yeah, so one, one of the things that I let people know, and I let people who are experienced as well know this um, at, right at the start of every one of my tours, is that you know, you're, you're, you're going on this tour, you've organized it, you know, you've spent money on this tour, and the person that's probably going to wreck the tour is you. So <laughs> you, need to, you need to try and go with the flow because you never know mm-hmm. when... You never know when you're going to get a flat tire because we're often on really rough road mm-hmm. or if something scheduled changes because of weather conditions or a flooded river or or whatever. So I really encourage people to to just let things go and mm-hmm. go because if, if we have to change plans, it's a nature tour. We want to see mm-hmm. wildlife and so we just have to we just have to go with it. Uh, as well as I let people know that it's always great to prepare a little bit for the tour, get to know what's going to be coming up, mm-hmm. but also be ready for surprises and uh, and just be excited about what mm-hmm. we're going to see. Mm-hmm. Uh, flexibility is a word I often hear in this context. Exactly, you have <laughs> to be you have to be flexible, especially now with international travel. Being flexible is is especially important. Mm-hmm. Well, Chris, you've been involved in research projects and field trips in lots of places, Australia, New Zealand, Bolivia, Nevis. Um, has doing these research projects informed your tour guiding in any way? Yeah, it's always so. And this is part of my job um, at the University of Guelph as well, is people want they want to know about science. They want to know about research, but it's not always very accessible. And so mm-hmm. it does, does allow me to do uh, you know, take, say, something that's happened in a project and apply that to what we're looking at. And people really like to learn about that. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if we uh, see a cavity nesting bird um, on a trip, then part of my master's research was studying cavity nesting birds and wasps mm-hmm. that affected them. And so then I can tie that together with, with what we're looking at. Well, you have a great trip coming up to Brazil, uh, sold out, I believe, at this point, and coming up in, in October. Yes. I'm thinking uh, I had a little trip to Peru to Manu Wildlife Center some years ago, and we did see a jaguar, oh. which was uh, so exciting. And I know the, the advice is generally don't really expect to see one because uh, the chances are, aren't, aren't that great. But I was just reading on, on the uh, Quest website about a trip there in 2018, I think. With 10 jaguars and a maned wolf two nights in a row? Wow. Yeah, Yeah. and that's. I'm hoping that we have a a repeat of that on this trip. Um, So the the trip goes, uh, when we do a lot of the jaguar watching, we'll be in boats going along rivers Mm -hmm. in the Pantanal, and that's the best place to see jaguars. And because they're moving along the rivers looking for caiman to eat or capybaras, then... Yeah, you have a much better chance of seeing them along there than you would in other places. Mm-hmm. So that's, yeah, that's why, uh, yeah, fingers crossed that we're going to see <laughs> the, main, the main wolves actually visit a monastery that we're visiting. And so if uh, we time things right, we may be able to see those as well. Mm-hmm. That's a wild creature. It looks like a fox with really, really long legs, but it's not a fox. And I guess it's not a wolf either, right? 
Yeah, it's it's in the it's in the dog family, but yeah, mm-hmm. it looks like a fox on stilts. So I'm really excited about seeing that. Just changing topics, uh, Chris. While we have a, a couple of minutes, uh, you have written many books: books on warblers and sparrows and finches, falcons in the city, weird birds, uh, non-birds, caterpillars, and dragonflies. And uh, your latest is called "How to Feed Backyard." Birds uh, aimed at uh, young birders, I think, or, or new birders. Give us a thumbnail of that, if you would. Yeah, so uh, a lot of what I do in my career is is encourage people to connect to nature. And a lot of that is getting, getting children excited about nature. And so this new book uh, is trying to get them linked to bird feeding, which you know most people can do. And it really allows you to watch wildlife um, in your own backyard and get to know the nature around you. Mm-hmm. How to feed backyard birds. That's available pretty much uh, easily found? Yes, yeah, it just uh, just came out. So uh, I'm not sure if it's in all the bookstores yet, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely easy to find. And just with another minute or so left, uh, uh, Chris, in our, in our time, we mentioned briefly about your workshops, but I, I wanted to ask you a, a little bit more, more about those bird workshops that you do and how people can access them? Yeah, so uh, because of the pandemic, we've switched to doing some virtual workshops. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have a virtual visual ID and a virtual uh, bird sound ID course. That's a series. Each of them are a series of eight noon hour talks. And we cover all kinds of stuff in each of those talks. And they're very affordable. And lots of people like them. We had over 300 mm-hmm. people take it last time. So oh my gosh. on our website. Wow. So that's on the Quest uh, Nature Tourist website. And also the, the Arboretum University of Guelph website. Yeah. Okay. Either one, University of Guelph or Quest Nature Tourists. All right. Chris Early is the University of Guelph Arboretum's interpretive biologist and education coordinator. And among many other things, a tour leader for Quest Nature Tours, um, we have to find out about some more of those upcoming tours, but those are beyond the website, right? Folks can, oh, yeah. yep, can find them there. on there. Sure. Yeah. And you can find out more about Chris there as well. QuestNatureTours.com is that website. Chris, thank you. Good luck on the Brazil tour. May you see many great birds and at least 11 jaguars. Thank you very much. <laughs> Chris Early here on Talking Birds. And up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature, let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more or if you need help choosing your next optic, Give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-VORTEX or visit vortexoptics.com. There's that mystery bird. Our mystery bird is a neotropical songbird about 9 or 10 inches long with blue-gray, a blue-gray head, uh, dark eyes, 
and white spectacles along with an olive green back and wings with two white wing bars, yellow flanks, and white underparts. Our bird breeds across much of Canada and down into the Allegheny and Appalachian Mountains, winters in the southeastern Gulf states and points south, feeds mostly on insects, which it mostly gleans from tree branches and leaves. That would be the mystery bird. The number is 781-837-4900. I'll give it again in a moment. We have three prizes. Well, maybe four prizes uh, this morning. We have a $15 gift certificate from Beautio Books, home of one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. A 12-ounce bag of delicious bird-friendly, shade-grown, certified organic birds and beans coffee. We love that coffee. Here's our special extra prize. It's a copy of Chris Early's terrific new book that we just heard about, How to Feed Backyard Birds. It's perfect for young birders and new birders of all ages. It explains not only how to attract and identify birds, but also to understand bird behavior and birds' relationship to the environment. Really good stuff there. If we have time for our bonus question, then we have a $20 gift certificate for Wisdom Supply. Makers of plastic-free books, notepads, journals, and other supplies for classroom and office. Call us as soon as you can so we'll have time for our contest. The number is 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, let's ask Mike live in just one minute. beauty books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used, and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology. From field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. Beautyobooks.com B-U-T-E-O Beautyobooks.com Quest Nature Tours has offered exceptional tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. In 2023, join us in Iceland, land of fire and ice, or go beyond the beaches in the DR. See amazing wildlife and explore habitats with travel companions who truly enjoy nature. Talkin' Birds listeners receive a $150 credit towards their first tour. Visit questnaturetours.com today. Birds and much more, guaranteed. Mike O'Connor is down there, of course, at the famous Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans Cape Cod, Massachusetts, and be make sure he gets really immersed in his topic today. He is standing on one leg. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I yeah. do that. I hope that you haven't been focus. standing too long. I know I did. You've probably been been waiting for a while there. Put me on hold. That's right. Yeah, that's what we're talking about today. Birds yeah. standing on one leg. Because people ask that all the time. First of mm-hmm. all, they always think there's something wrong with the yeah. bird. You know, they mm-hmm. think it's like, I don't know, a skateboard injury or something. They get hurt <laughs> and they, they lost a the leg. But birds stand on one leg a lot. And I think the most, you know, a, a lot of birds do it. But I think the one that most people think about is the flamingo. You know, you see them standing out there. They look like a cross between like a yoga instructor and the karate kids standing out there in, in the swamp. And, and why do they do that? Well, the, the, the first thought is, you know, to keep warm. You see mm-hmm. ducks out on the ice or herons on the marsh on a, like on a November day, and they've got one leg tucked up. And then the legs aren't covered in feathers, so they tuck the leg under their feathers, one of them anyways, to keep warm, which makes perfect sense. Except... When we go back to the flamingos, 
flamingos are in the tropics. They don't need to keep warm. They don't certainly don't need to keep warm. Hmm. So why do they do it? Well, there's, you know, there's a couple of theories. Um, one is because they're in water all the time. They like to just maybe dry their foot out for a while. Let it hang, it, let, let it air dry for a little bit, get it out of the water. Um, the other the other reason is a lot of birds, especially birds of prey, well, all the birds, is that they actually can rest better that way. Seems not to make much sense, because if we stand on one leg like I was doing before the show, you start to tip over and it takes a lot of energy. It actually takes birds less energy to stand on one leg because, unlike us, when they stand on one leg, they can put their leg directly underneath their body so they're perfectly balanced. And they've done some studies on, on, um, on weight-sensitive scales where when the bird brings up the other foot, he's actually less tippy and more focused and less more balanced when they're on one leg, which kind of doesn't, doesn't make sense. But the birds actually can center their body a little bit better, and, they, and it takes less energy for them to rest in that, in that particular spot. And you, you, know, you get on to see shorebirds hopping on one leg, and it's crazy, but it's not an injury, and it's not anything bad, and they're not necessarily trying to keep warm all they could, but it's just a relaxing way to do it. So give it a shot, Ray, for the rest of the show. All right, and I was going to say you can be seated now, but you've already chickened out there, and you're not on one leg anymore, it sounds like. <laughs> oh, he chickened out. Oh. Yeah, okay, we all heard that. <laughs> All right. Talk to you next week, Mike. Sounds great. All right. All right. We'll find out who that other voice belonged to uh, coming up shortly. And in just a half a minute, we'll be back at the Mystery Bird Contest. Every Wednesday, Birdwatching Magazine sends an e-newsletter full of information of interest to birdwatchers, including recent news stories about birds, conservation, and science, photography tips, stories about places to go birding, bird ID tips, and much more. Best of all, the newsletter is free. Sign up today birdwatchingdaily.com slash newsletter. We're excited to see that we have callers on the line from North Carolina and Michigan. And first is Jake in Columbus, Ohio. Good morning, Jake. Uh, good morning, Ray. Good morning. Great to hear from you. You know, I just only found out recently about Columbus, Ohio. I always thought it was maybe the third or fourth biggest city in Ohio, but it's actually the biggest city Way ahead it absolutely of, is, yeah. Ahead of Cleveland and Cincinnati and uh, Akron and all those other places. Wow. Well, that's another topic for another day, I guess. We're on <laughs> to the Mystery Bird contest uh, here. Um, what do you think, uh, Jake? Our Mystery Bird is there. I'm going to go with uh, Blue-Headed Vireo. Blue-Headed Vireo is what it says here on the paper, so that must be it. Absolutely right. Nice. Blue-Headed Vireo. This used to be part of what they call the solitary vireo complex. And then they kind of split them apart. So there's the Plumbius and the Cassins vireo, all in that group. But now they're all um, separated into three species. The blue-headed, they tell us, I'm not sure about seeing these other ones, I tell you the truth. But it's the most colorful of the three. Hey, I think we have time for a bonus question here this morning, Chris. If you, uh, um, Why am I calling you Chris? It's not even, <laughs> not even close. Christopher Columbus. That's what yes, it was. Yes, that's All it. Right. Yes. I knew yes. there was a reason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so we had a bird from Australia. So we have a question uh, related to Australia. Here it is. It's multiple choice. Some trees in Melbourne, Australia have their own what? A, their own names. B, property rights. C, zip codes. 
or D, email addresses? They all sound like <laughs> joke answers, but uh, one of those is uh, <laughs> is a real thing. Well, what do you think? Uh, take a guess. Um, uh, I'll go with property rights. Property rights as the thing for the trees. Actually, uh. it's not property rights. I guess they do have their own property, and they, you know, but not property rights. It's actually email addresses. Yeah, officials, oh. <laughs> officials in Melbourne rolled out a program that assigned email addresses to trees in a bid to help identify damage and other issues. But when they did it, they discovered that city residents preferred to write love letters to the trees instead. The city is calling that an unintended but positive consequence of their attempt to help citizens track tree damage. Kind of funny, but kind of interesting. And uh, uh, Jake, if you'll stay on the line, we'll get your info. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, Jake. Blue-headed Vireo, our mystery bird. And we are out of time for this morning. And we're going to work on our next show. And before we go, we want to say a special thanks to our guest engineer coming back to visit us, Tim McKenney. <laughs> Thank you, Ray. I'm Ray Brown. See you next week. Ray Brown's Talking Birds. Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com. By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty, their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com. And Quest Nature Tours, offering expert-led small group tours for bird and nature lovers since 1970. Explore exceptional journeys around the world at questnaturetours.com. And Beautyo Books, an independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Beautyobooks.com. <laughs>